This is David Alexander, head coach at the Broken Arrow Tigers. You're listening to Inside Tiger Football, presented by Rib Crib. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Inside Tiger Football, presented by Rib Crib. Charlie Hanema and coach David Alexander with you here tonight as we look forward to the state semifinals coming up Saturday night at Jenks as the Broken Arrow Tigers take on the Owasso Rams. Coach A, big win in the quarters <laughs> last week, 35-31 over Union. A wild comeback. Just kind of your initial thoughts on that one. Yeah, what an incredible night. Um, you know, from everything, from the atmosphere to the way our kids played, um, you know, from a fan experience to, you know, being on the sidelines and seeing our kids uh, celebrate and the smiles on their faces, uh, overcoming adversity and finding a way to win a really, really big ball game. Uh, what turned that? Is there something that you noticed? I mean, it was 24-14, and then all of a sudden you guys kind of locked it up there late third quarter, early fourth. Well, you know, honestly, it might have been the first three downs of the second half. Uh, you know, the defense had been kind of on their heels the whole first – not kind of. The defense had been on their heels the whole first half, um, kind of grasping, trying to figure out an answer. Uh, made a few adjustments at halftime, right, get a quick three and out, right, lose – Union use, uh, loses yardage on three downs – punt, we're going to get the ball at the 50-yard line or a little closer. That had to be probably the, the beginning of everybody feeling a little better about themselves. You look ahead to Owasso this week, and as you start preparing for a team like Union that you've seen for the second time, right. this one's a little bit different in that you're preparing for a team that beat you the first time around. Right. So what what's the message, what's the mindset with your guys as you go through preparation this week? Well, you know, we've – We've got, a, we've got a big task at hand. You know, Owasso has not even been challenged really this year. They've been rocking and rolling. Um, you know, they've, they've, they, they've had to overcome some things like we've had. They've had a few injuries. But the message is, right, you got, you've done exactly what you wanted. You, you, we've talked since week three. We wanted another chance at Owasso. So we've earned it. Let's go see what we can do with it. How are the kids um... – Focus-wise, health-wise, uh, I mean, I know you, sometimes you can overthink that. These kids have sure. to be just loving it right oh, now. Oh, yeah, th this is fantastic. This is exactly what they wanted. You know, we've been talking about it for eight weeks. Um, and some maybe we lost focus a couple times because we were so focused in on getting a shot at Owasso. But we're here, um, practicing a lot of smiles on faces. Uh, everybody's excited. You know, being in the top four, right? And now you go win this one, and, and then you – Hopefully you can see what happens in the next one. Do you have to worry about pulling them back at all, or are these guys so locked in that that's not even in the conversation? No, you know what you know what I've learned over the years? You don't have to worry about pulling them back. You know what you have to worry about, really, is because it's getting so close to that, that game that first Friday in December, and you can't win both games this week. You've got to win this one, right? And then we'll worry about the next one if we can get through here, right? It's really more about – Focusing on Wasso instead of focusing on the what ifs and the how we cans and and you know maybes we got to focus on Wasso. They're too good um, to not. You know you just look at last year. We you know we had really uh, beat Wasso pretty bad in the regular season, and then we were we were trying to win two games in one that semifinal game, and it's not possible. You got to focus on one play at a time. Broken Arrow and Jinx, Saturday night, 7 o'clock at Allen Trimble Stadium. Tickets are on sale now at GoFan.com, or you can get them at Tiger Threads just inside the front door of Broken Arrow High School there Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Game is at 7 o'clock. We'll be on the Animal with the pregame show at 6.30. No AeroVision this week. So because of the OSSA's broadcast agreements, there's no AeroVision, so we need you 
at Jinx, and we need you loud. Yes. We'll take a timeout, look back at a 35-31 win over Union in the quarterfinals after this. You're listening to Inside Tiger Football, presented by Rib Crib. Welcome back to Inside Tiger Football, presented by Rib Crib. Charlie Hannum and Coach David Alexander with you tonight as we are getting ready for the state semifinals coming up Saturday night, 7 o'clock at Jinx, as Broken Arrow takes on the Owasso Rams. Coach, last Friday, a thriller, 35-31 over Union. It took just two plays to <laughs> score a long pass, and then Sanchez Banks, a 43-yard touchdown run. 40 seconds into the game, you guys have right. the lead. That has to set the tone. Man, what, a, what an incredible start. You know, uh, the first game, it, it, it couldn't have been any more completely different than the first game, right? Um, both teams struggling to get first downs, and, you know, uh, we had some stuff we loved. And, you know, obviously throwing the ball to Isaiah Keller is always a good option. Uh, and he's such a he's such a man. He's just had a tremendous season. And then, you know, what we knew how Wasso, or we figured we knew how uh, Union was going to play that second down, that formation we were going to be in. And uh, we, we gave them something they hadn't seen from us, and it turned into be a 50-yard touchdown run for Sanchez. I know it went back and forth. Uh, yeah. So, obviously, that didn't win the game. But just in terms of momentum and sure. confidence, how important was that to get that first drive on the board? Well, you know, it was it was big time. You know, in a, in a in a playoff game, there's going to be ebbs and flows, right? You just always let, like, let's let's start off on top of the hill, right, and and look down and see how the game's going to go. Then starting from the bottom and trying to push your way up, and you know, of course, we get down later on pretty good. But uh, Sanchez is, has had such a special season. He and I, Isaiah, those two guys, uh, the first two plays of the game get us on the, in the on the board. What a way to start a football game, man. Union answers. Rovon Banks scores on the eight-yard run, and we're tied at seven. Well, what a what a special kid for just a sophomore that he is for Union. He, you know, we're gonna have to handle try to handle him for a long time. He's a great player. And then uh, AJ Green takes over after a turnover. Oof. One play, sixty-nine-yard touchdown. Yeah, that's that kid has some speed. I mean, yeah. I know we have some speedsters on Broken Arrow too, but just watching him, yeah. it was like, whoo. Yeah, but he's but he's track speed. I mean, he's gold medalist mm-hmm. in the in the state track meet last year in the hundred and two hundred. He's uh, he's very very fast. He's uh, tremendous. Third quarter, you guys tie it up. Sanchez Banks another two yard touchdown run, and then they answer right back a long play to Green. That was the wheel route. And sure. Was that the same play that they ran and yes. dropped in the? In the yeah. first time we played? Yes, for, as the exact same play. Uh, they, they use it against everybody, and the way they set it up makes it very difficult to cover because these backs coming from across the quarterback's face. So it's, it's a very difficult play. They get a field goal to make it 24-14. It was a 38-yard field goal. But then fourth quarter comes, and even at the end of the third quarter, once you guys got the ball back on that drive, you could tell that yeah. there was some momentum building, and you sneak Bryce Machota out there for a 40-yard touchdown catch on his birthday. Tell me about that play and kind of the history <laughs> behind that one. Well, it's, you know, it's stuff that we work on. And, you know, we, you've got to have a couple chunk plays. Hopefully they're touchdowns. But you, against a good team like Union, you know, you saw them run the wheel and, and a few other special plays against us. You, you have to have some plays like that in your arsenal. Um, it was pretty cool. It was his birthday. But, you know, we're such a run-heavy team. We snuck him in there at tight end. And, you know, it's kind of hide. It's real easy to hide in there at tight end. Fake the run. And we got Bryce. He steps out to block. He sees He's watching the – the secondary of the corner of his eye, as soon as they step down, he runs past him. Uh, when, when the ball left Jake Rain's hands, I think everybody thought it was overthrown. Yeah, uh, it was but, a heck of a catch. Oh, man. he's Well, he's got as good as hands as anybody on the team. He and Isaiah Keller can could go rival uh, back and forth to who could catch the ball the best. 
That made it 24-21, and then you dial up another one to Marion Horn. That's the wheel route we were talking about. And sure. Find him sneaking out of the backfield, and, I mean, we're talking track speed. He was gone, too, 56 <laughs> yards there, and, and it gives you the lead 28-24. Well, this, that's the exact same play that Union runs, right? So uh, it's kind of cool. We just use one of their plays against him. And, it's, again, it's a, it's a very difficult to defend the way that we set it up. You put the back across the quarterback's face. Um, and so that's why we used Marion in that situation. First of all, he's got great hands. But second of all, he's the fastest guy we have with those kind of hands. So their outside linebacker on that side had no chance. And uh, that was running right down their sideline. That was pretty cool. Goes back, and uh, A.J. Green gets another short touchdown run, kind of an eight-play drive there to put Union back in front 31-28. But there's 4:31 to go in the game. And right. What were you feeling at that point, knowing that you had the offense getting the ball back and you had enough time to really do kind of whatever you wanted? Well, you know, they hadn't, they hadn't stopped us uh, very many times. Um, the, the conversation on the headset with Coach Wilkinson and I was, you know, do we go hurry up here and try to score? And if we don't, right, we can maybe get another stop. And the decision was, hey, let's run our best stuff here. You hit Torrey Dillard. That was a huge play. Huge 39 play. yards there inside yeah. Union territory to the 38. And that really kind of – sprung you free a little bit because if that was incomplete you're looking at third and eight and right now we've kind of got some some nervous time here yeah well with the play that Tory also was such a big gain now now you're really the clock is in your favor right now you've put union behind the eight ball of what they're going to do with their clock management time because now we can really you know we we know now okay we're down three we're almost in field goal range right we can grind a couple out and kick a field goal and tie it go overtime right if we bust a run you know, now we're now we can really now we've got all the cards in our hand. Uh, yeah, huge play. And Tory Dillard is, as you and I've talked many many times, man. He's a he's been a a great great young man and a great addition to our team, not just talent wise, but the kind of kid he is. And you lean on Keller, uh, three straight carries. One of them gets a 15 yard face mask tacked on that. I think every official on the field had a flag for, except the guy that was farthest away. So, you know, getting four out of five flags, that's yeah. that's a pretty convincing call. But it tells you, they it tells you it. it's pretty, yeah, he did earn it. It was a pretty bad face mask. I'm glad he was uh, okay after that. And then Keller gets in their five-yard run. That gets down to the 13. You go to Sanchez. He's to the four. And then, you you know, this was – I totally understand the logic behind it, but it was kind of interesting to see. At that point in the game, you, you go quarterback sneak. and. Right. It was all of a sudden an interesting transition because it's like broken arrows trailing, but they're trying to run the clock out. And right. So you get in that kind of dance. And yeah. what was just kind of taking me behind the scenes uh, on that? Well, again, there's a there's a stoppage. You know, we, we called a timeout, um, and Coach Wilkinson brought it up first. and said, hey, um, let's let's run quarterback sneak here. And I'm like, hey, I'm all about it. You know, let's, let's burn the clock. Let's either make them use a timeout or burn 40 seconds. So uh, I tell the Jake Reigns, I said, okay, uh, coach had told Coach Holt, Coach Holt, Coach Cochran told the offense to play, and I grabbed Jake Green and said, All right, you're not going to score here. He's like, what? I said, if they even get out of the way, don't you take a knee at the one? He's like, what? I'm like, do not score. Right? We'll handle it on second, third, and fourth down. And he's like, okay. Of course, they defended the play instead of getting out of the way. Um, but that's an old, you know, um, arena ball trick. You know, back in the arena ball days, the defense would just get out of the way and let us score and try to get the ball back. But – um. So yeah, we did, we we accomplished what we wanted to accomplish. So. Yeah, only needed one more play after that, but uh, you ran the time down. Sanchez scores from two yards out. Uh, that's just an awesome play to watch. That power behind. <laughs> his, you know, we talk about it. Well, sure. Should we run behind Rame or should we run behind Rame? And, right. and he just you know levels about four guys, and Sanchez is in, and 
39 seconds to go, you guys have the lead again. Yeah, San, uh, Sanchez is obviously, you know, he's big and he's gotten a whole much, much more confidence. And plus, he's reading the plays much better. But, you know, uh, Andrew and and Chapman, they mow down one side of it, right? And then Big Banning, our big fullback, knocks down another guy, right? Their outside linebacker. And then, uh, you know, and then Sanchez, no, nobody's going to arm tackle him for less than, you know, a six or seven yard gain. All right, we'll take a timeout. Back with offensive coordinator Jay Wilkinson after this. You're listening to Inside Tiger Football, presented by Rip Craig. Welcome back to Inside Tiger Football. Charlie and Coach Alexander joined by offensive coordinator Jay Wilkinson. And Coach, offense put on quite a show against Union in the quarterfinals, 439 yards, and you really mixed in a couple different guys, Machoda and and Horn, and he went uh, wildcat with Keller. Just kind of take me through the approach of adding things and uh, what you need to do in the playoffs. Well, at a certain point in the season, you know, you kind of get your base offense in, and we start working things we call specials. And so a lot of times we grab defensive guys or guys like Andrew Rame, who we threw the pass to, or, and, and start working some plays with those, not really knowing when we're going to call them. And so we've always kind of had that list. And at some point in the second half, I told Coach A, I said, hey, Coach A, we're going to start digging in these specials when we get some field position. Of course, he's all for it. You know, he is instrumental in putting a few of them in. He loves you know, putting some of the, the other team's special plays in against them. You know, he got kind of one of his things that he likes to do on the weekend. And so, uh, you know, we were kind of loaded, ready to go, and we've got, we'll have a few more in the bag this week. How do you manage something like that? Because I'm guessing every guy that plays defense is convinced that they can score a touchdown if you put them on offense. And everybody that's not normally in the rotation is convinced that if they just get their one shot, like, Coach, I can do it, I can do it, I'm in. Yeah, you know, every lineman thinks that they should catch the ball or, or run the ball. And then, of course, every defensive guy wants to come over and have a trick play for them. And so, you know, just that limited time. So we kind of – we try to kind of hide it out. We slip those guys out of practice from the defensive side without the other guys knowing. And so hopefully it's like Thursday before anybody knows kind of what's going on, and that way we don't have to hear about it too much. Where do you think your offense has improved the most from, you know – week zero heading down to Texas to now getting ready for the state semifinals? I think we're just to the point now we had some new faces in certain areas that we're just really, you know, used to where everybody's supposed to be right now. You know, I think at first there were so many moving parts, you know, having a new quarterback, wide receivers in new spots, a couple new offensive linemen, running backs were, you know, we played like four or five of them at the beginning of the year. And I think everybody's kind of now, hey, we know where everything's at, how everything's supposed to work. And practices have been great since – basically after the jinx game I mean everybody's rolling through practice they know how practice is going to work and so I just think everybody's familiar with what their role is from your view on the offense where has Sanchez Banks developed as you go from beginning of the season where he was pretty far down the chart to now he's you know busting off 100 yard games you know like it's nothing I think just you know he fits into what we want uh you know I think it's unfair to compare him to Noah just because of you know the season that Noah had last year but you know he's that same style of back it's just it's a body blow mentality on the defense where you know like coach A's preaches a lot of times those third and four yard runs turn into eight 10 20 yard runs later in the game and he kind of has given us that he's taking care of the ball and like I said he's a kid that loves football he's going to be at practice he's always out there with a smile on his face and he's just that guy that you know you just take comfort in knowing that he's going to be back there and you can hand it to him 30 times and and you know passing game wise it can take care of itself talking with Jay Wilkinson the offensive coordinator for the Broken Arrow Tigers and you're also the eligibility coordinator and I know (laughs) this is a really busy time of year for recruiting and uh, making sure everybody's good to go with the clearinghouse so they can have signing days and stuff. So just kind of tell me about that process and maybe anything that parents should need to know, even if they, you know, even if they're just listening to us and their parents have a 
a fifth grader or a seventh grader, and they want to make sure that their kids are doing the right things to be eligible to play and maybe get a college scholarship someday? Well, the biggest change is now, you know, we have the core GPA, which, you know, now if you're taking, you know, uh, a physical education class, that's not necessarily going to count towards your core GPA. It's the big ones, English, math, science, history. And so those classes are so important. And, and the, the thing that we find a lot of times is, is kids slip behind because maybe they're making a a C and an English, whereas, you know, it was a 78. Well, if they'd worked just a little bit harder, that's a B. And now all of a sudden, you know, they're coming to us as juniors and they want to play Division Two or Division One athletics. And their GPA is so bad that they're really having to take summer school and taking extra classes to get that up. And so I think that's the number one thing. A lot of times the the test score is not the problem. It's the core GPA because kids dig themselves a big enough hole as a, as a freshman, sophomore. They just don't take it serious. They're just, hey, I'm passing – I'm good, I can play athletics, and then all of a sudden they start getting recruiting emails and letters, and parents are going, hey, we want them to go to college to, to participate in athletics, and it's like, well, your GPA is struggling, dude. We're going to we're gonna have to do some work to get that up. And I think it's good that parents know that, that some, some of the classes, even if you take a certain you know, core class, if you're a little bit advanced, you've taken an eighth grade, it can count in that core GPA. So just anything quickly on that? Yeah, correct. Yeah, if you, you know, some of those young men and women that take like Algebra 1, some of those high school level classes, even as an eighth grader, it counts. And, you know, it's just, it's so much easier when we get those kids and they have a high core GPA. It gives them a lot of different options. And, you know, their junior and senior year can be stress-free as opposed to if they really have to do work. And so uh, just stay on top of them. You know, we talk to them all the time, you know, C's, they're passing, but they're not good enough. And we want A's and B's and keep that core GPA up there as high as it can be. Coach A, you've got college coaches coming through the office all the time asking about kids. How much do grades come up in conversations like that? Well, that's the first thing they ask. That's absolutely the first thing. They've, they've already evaluated whether they can probably play talent-wise or not. But that, the first question is, um, what does their transcript look like? Uh, because it's hard, fast rules. There's no bending a rule. If a, if a GPA is not good enough or a test score is not good enough, then they don't get to play. And so – I mean, that's no, no reason to ask any more questions about whether, you know, a kid likes to lift weights or practice hard or do this if they, if they don't have the grades. Coach, thanks. That's good for parents to know. I think sometimes is that, you know, this, sure. this is how it works, and, and there are hard and fast rules like this, and we've got yeah. systems in place to help kids and make sure they're ready to go, but uh, responsibility kind of starts early, and sometimes earlier than you might even think. So good what, stuff there. Yes, way earlier than a lot of people think. Coach Wilkinson, thanks for the time. Uh, we'll let you get ready for a wasso, and we'll send you off to Rip Grip for lunch. So we appreciate it. That's Jay Wilkinson, offensive coordinator of the Broken Arrow Tigers. We'll take a timeout. Back with one final segment after this. One final segment here of Inside Tiger Football presented by Rib Crib. Charlie Hanna, my coach Alexander, back with you as we get ready for the state semifinals coming up Saturday night, 7 o'clock at Allen Trimble Stadium. Broken Arrow and Owasso. You can hear that game here on the Animal, but it will not be streamed on AeroVision. So buy a ticket, come out and check us out. They're seven bucks. You can get them online, gofan.com, or you can get them at Tiger Threads inside the main entrance of Broken Arrow High School Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Coach, as you look ahead to Owasso, we kind of talked briefly. They've they really haven't had much right. of a challenge. No. Some could even say similar to what your team was able to do with right. the schedule up to this point last year. So uh, what do you see from them, and how do you prepare for a team that uh, nobody really has seemed to solve so far? Yeah, boy, they're they're really rocking and rolling. You know, I did a little digging on them. Um, you know, we scored 19 points on them. And since that game, which was the third game of the season, so the last their last eight games, the most points they've given up is 14. 
and that's in a couple blowout wins, you know, in week 10 and 11, you know, 55 to 14 or something. So they really haven't been tested. Hopefully, um, you know, our conditioning, those we're playing some close games, winning some games in the fourth quarter. Hopefully our conditioning, we can hang with them, stay within one score going into the fourth quarter, and uh, we can find a way to wear them out and win the ball game late because that's what it's going to have to be. What does championship experience mean for your guys? Because you've got this um, core who – you know, battled in that tough semifinal right. last year and right. then was able to hang on tight for a championship right. with an interception in the end zone and bring home that gold ball. How how valuable is that to be able to have that positive experience to pull off? Oh, Charlie, you know, it changed – that game last year changed everything, right? You know, not only just getting over the hump and winning the first one, but it, it changed the mentality of the players, the coaches, the community, the, the school. Um, and so that, that experience – what we went through in the playoff run last year, you know, beating Owasso for a second time and, you know, beating Jinx for a second time uh, is, has – I can't put a number on I can't put a value on what that's done uh, for our confidence. Uh, you know, you, you just saw it in an example in that first-round game against Union. You know, just the amount of confidence. They know somebody's going to make a play, and if the ball comes to me, I'm going to make the play. And we're going to need to lean on that again this, this Saturday night. Coach Alexander, thanks for the time. Good luck Saturday. Appreciate it, Charlie. That's David Alexander, head coach of the Broken Arrow Tigers. I'm Charlie Hanema saying good night from Broken Arrow, and thanks for listening to Inside Tiger Football presented by Rib Crib. To listen back to today's episode of Inside Tiger Football presented by Rib Crib or to listen to previous episodes, podcast us on iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud. Just search Broken Arrow Public Schools.